Meet the Little Nowners. Welcome to another episode. I'm sitting here with B-Check, virtually <laughs> sitting here with B-Check. He's going to tell us about how he joined the space, how he joined Little Nouns. He's going to tell us a lot more. So yeah, B-Check, how are you, man? Very good, Brooke. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. It's an honor to have you. Uh, so tell us a bit about yourself. How did you join the space and so forth? So my story was that I had never been in crypto before 2021. I'd kind of been interested by it, but nothing really compelled me to buy any coins. The thing that got me interested was actually art, because in my real life, I would spend time, I live in London, and I would go to galleries in my spare time. And when I saw that people could sell, like digital artists had started to be able to sell their work on the blockchain. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was really cool. Like it's really cool that these people who were never able to monetize their work before in this way are now able to go direct to the consumer. And mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. So I bought, I did a bit of research. I bought a couple of pieces. My first two pieces I bought were Xcopy, Afterburn and Trevor Jones, the Bitcoin angel. And they were like, and I was, I was pretty happy. I just bought a couple of pieces of art. That was it. But then they skyrocketed in price pretty soon after. And then I was like, hang on a minute, something's going on here. Like what, <laughs> what's going on? Why is are these prices going so crazy? Uh, maybe I should pay a bit more attention. So I did definitely get kind of tempted by the, the trading aspect and the value proposition. So I started trading then. So I would buy, I participated in that whole bull run of 2021 where buying various NFT projects, art, whatever, and and just flipping them, trying to make money. At the time, I was a lawyer in the city. I quit my job halfway through that year in order to just kind of concentrate. But then at the same time, I decided, look, this this trading thing is not forever. It seems a bit a bit crazy. Maybe I should try to do something that's a bit more dependable, lean into my skill set and try to produce something useful. And so I started my newsletter in November of 2021. And I've grown from, yeah, zero subscribers back then to 1800 subscribers now. And I've written every single week on NFTs and crypto. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I think you made the right decision buying an ex-copy piece. <laughs> I remember that <laughs> yeah, really, I mean... really, really well. <laughs> Yeah, it went completely crazy. I think they sold. I remember the numbers because I was close to them. I think I bought for 900 or $999. And that particular piece, Afterburn, went up to $30,000 at the height of the bull market. Wow. I didn't sell at that top, but I did sell for profit in order to move into something else, which then also did very well. Mm -hmm. So... And even still, like it's still afterburn trades for about three ETH, I think, which is about $6,000, which is obviously a long way off the top, but much higher than the initial buy-in point. So, yeah. and I'm pretty, pretty proud of that research that the, one of the first pieces I bought was an X copy because yeah. they're pretty good. As it's, an a, artist. It's, a, it's a good way to welcome yourself into the space. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, is, so tell me about how you went from was it two ETH to a hundred ETH? 
Or was it from zero to 100 ETH? Something like that. Like, I, I don't know the numbers perfectly. I tried to put mm -hmm. a simplified number. I think it might have actually been more than that, but I try not to, uh, like, put a higher number if I can't necessarily corroborate it. But yeah, like, I, I think basically the first thing about the trading aspect is that we were very lucky. Like, that's got to be the first and foremost point. Whereas, you know, if people talk about making a lot of money in, in this space, sometimes people try to attribute it to some kind of skill or being able to see the future. But like, first and foremost, that NFT summer of 2021 was just completely crazy. I liken it to, or I wasn't trading stocks back then, but I, I think of it like the way internet stocks traded at one point in time and people just went completely crazy for a short period of time and then things settle down and maybe once every generation you get this opportunity where people just go completely crazy over something for a short period of time and looking back that's what i think that period of time was so a i think that's the first thing like we were very lucky it was a really crazy time people were so speculative and prices got to completely completely outrageous numbers mm -hmm. now the second point would be okay fine they got to it was we were lucky in the sense of the timing but you've still got to press buy and you've still got to press sell yeah so i think there's obviously you know you have to you have to have some attachment to reality in order to to decide at some point in time like look this this cartoon animal photo minted onto the blockchain shouldn't be worth eight thousand dollars for example it's just not comparable with other things of value so therefore because i bought it three days ago 5x less than this i should probably sell it okay. i remember this one collection i think it was like something like lambo lambo the lonely frog lambo club or something even the names are um, nice. <laughs> yeah, like this isn't this is not a collection which is going to go down in the history of you NFTs know digital or, art or even art, yeah. digital art. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I remember waking up one morning, and I'll go, I'll move on to another aspect of this in a moment. But I woke up one morning, minted a bunch of these for free because they were free, and then within twenty four hours they were trading for point two. And I had a bunch. So it was like, okay, well, I'm just going to sell all of them because what even is this? Like, I, I, it became a pretty, a pretty strange game where every, every, there was one point in time where you could basically mint anything. All you had to do was list them for sale. Yeah. You had to do that. Now, the other final aspect, which I think maybe people do deserve a bit more credit than people like myself, I tried to, not give myself too much credit and be like, look, it was a lucky time. You had to take advantage of it. But I did invest a huge amount of time into the market. Like I was working a corporate lawyer job. So obviously that was long hours, but all of my time outside of that, and actually even sometimes during that was dedicated to the market. Like I, I was on OpenSea all the time. I was researching collections i was in discord chat talking to various people trying to make sure i knew when things were happening how to get a mint for whatever so 
I definitely sacrificed a lot in terms of kind of my work-life balance. Like there mm. was no balance in that period of time. I decided like, look, this is the time to go all in because there's a particular opportunity right now. So I sacrificed basically everything because I thought, look, this, this time is not going to last. This is completely crazy. It's not going to last. I might as well sacrifice as much as I physically am possible to do right now in order to take advantage. And I think in hindsight, that, that was a good decision. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you were right. It's an insane time. 2021 was an insane time. Exactly. And when you, when you look back, you think like there's no, you things happen in periods of time. Like, I think that's the way history works. Like you have to, there are moments in time where you have a chance to capitalize on something for whatever reason, and you have to do it then. Can you imagine if you saw all of that stuff happening in 2020, 2021 and you just thought, oh, do you know what? I'll look into it next week. I'll look into it next week. I'll look into it next week. And you just keep doing that. And then suddenly you're in, you know, I think this is probably what happened, like 2020 to, 2021 Christmas time. Everyone goes home to their families. Everyone's telling everyone about how much money they make. There's an unholy pump in the January after in 2022. Yeah. And then, and then what you, then you're going to buy in, you're going to buy in after all of that. Like, no, you have to, you have to take advantage when the opportunity presents itself and not let it get too far away from you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Even if you, even if you can't time the market, it's, it's always good to take that leap of faith and really do, yeah, def- do what's happening, you know, be part of the movement, even if it's. Yeah, if it, even definitely. if it's a transient thing, just be part of it, see where it goes, let it decompose, Ab- and just move on. Absolutely, and like I was speaking to one of my former bosses just a couple of days ago because we had a kind of catch up where we went back to speak to. It was like an alumni event, and mm-hmm. he he was super curious about what I'd been up to, and he was like, "Oh, well, how did you learn about all this stuff?" And he was, he asked, and I think this is really important. He asked, did you just read about it? And I said, no, no, you can't just read about this stuff. Like I took my money and I bought stuff and started doing stuff and interacting with protocols and buying art and buying random projects. And that's the way I think you have to learn. Because I do think that there's some people, I think it was really interesting, his question, right? He asked, how did you learn about it? Did you, were you just reading? Yeah, and I think we, there are lots of people who would like to learn just by reading, but that is not how that's not I learned. How the space and works. to be fair, exactly. And I knew nothing. Like I knew nothing in early 21. I really, really knew nothing. And I learned by buying and doing a combination of those two things buying and doing exactly exactly and and the conversations you have with others right the conversations you have with others the or people who are part of the collection who are part of the i was going to say movement but a part of whatever is happening in the web3 space it's when you talk to them that you know about these things it's through through these conversations otherwise you you can't just sit and read and try to figure it out i think I think the space is too early for that in a way. And also, even if it was maturing, I think things are happening in a very, very rapid rate 
that you can't really capture it it's it's very transient imagine if yeah you know imagine talking about nfts before 2020 or 2021 even like you wouldn't even think there would there would have been an an nft summer and that passed and then within just months we went into this bear market and nft volume is low like really really low if you're looking into the future 2021 and nft summer you wouldn't think it would pass right and yeah unless you really get into it and you really be part of the movement you, there's no way to learn about these things yeah for sure and i think yeah you mentioned the conversations yeah i completely agree the conversations are super super important but i think in order to have quality conversations people need to know that you have skin in the game and if you're not buying stuff like even to have the conversations in the community right often stuff is token gated so that's why we've even met right we've met because i hold a particular nft you hold the same nft and that's how we've connected so we've both invested into the nft and this ecosystem and that's how we've created the relationship and i think you can't do that if you if you're not going to buy anything then you you don't get the keys to let yourself into the gates yeah and you can't necessarily even have those conversations away from twitter of course twitter is a public sphere but then a lot of the stuff might move into discord or private chats and you build a slightly different relationship in a yeah. more private atmosphere so true i think that's really important as well true true so you said you were in corporate you said you're a corporate lawyer um did you go full-time into web3 now or yeah so i was a litigator so i specialized in litigation commercial litigation and within that, I specialized in media litigation, which are things like defamation, which is really, really fun, actually. It was the best kind of law that I could have possibly done because it was really interesting. But yeah, I just wanted to do something more entrepreneurial and work for myself. So yeah, I went, I went full time. Fortunately, the trading that I did in that summer gave me a bit of a buffer to, be, to, to take a leap of faith. Yeah. and say okay i can i can quit and i've got this security of funds i'm not going to go crazy with it i'm not going around buying stupid things i'm not buying fancy stuff it's yeah. just like look this is here as a security blanket and now let me go and try and build sustainable brand and business that means that i don't have to go back to a kind of corporate office yeah. life and so far i've more or less been able to do that either i think at the beginning it was more kind of freelance jobs i worked for i've done odd jobs for different people i've written for arweave i've written for premint i've written for a generative art platform called Meraki, which one of my friends runs. So I've, I, I started by doing picking up little jobs like that. And then I kind of moved on to like, look, let me just focus. Once my newsletter got big enough, I started taking sponsorships. And that was like, okay, this is a sustainable stream. Let me build that out. And 
yeah, just thinking of more ways to build out that media business mm -hmm. at the moment. That's interesting. You, you really took a leap of faith there. Yeah, definitely. Because I think, I mean, I'm definitely of the opinion that, look, employment is good for many people. It's fine. People who want a work-life balance, people who just want the money, they want to be able to do other stuff that they like to do in their free time. That's It's completely fine for some people. But it wasn't what was making me happy. I didn't like reporting, turning up and having to do what other people were telling me to do all the time. And so I was like, look, this is the perfect time. I was at a reasonable age where it's like, look, if I'm going to quit and jump off onto my own journey, it's now or never. Because obviously, as you get older, that, that opportunity probably shrinks with the window of, of opportunity shrinks over time. You can still always do it, but it'll just be harder. So I thought this is the perfect opportunity right now. And yeah, super happy. Never look back. Wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's an inspiring story. There's a, there's a saying that I, that I always look back to when, when thinking about employment, it's something about salary being a drug that yeah, I know the quote. Yeah, something about salary. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and it, it, I yeah. always look back to it. I can't recall the full thing, but it's about salary being a drug, and it's and it actually is because it really gets into into this thing into the security of things, right? Getting that. Yeah, it's it's the end of the month or the beginning of the month. Let, uh, now I'm looking for comfort kind of thing. It gives you a response to security and saying no to that. It's even beginning to think about it. It's, uh, it's a huge risk. And especially if, especially if you started out with, you know, being a lawyer and doing all of that and, you know, start, especially if you're starting out as a, as being employed and you're used to the salary and, thinking about the salary and getting that security month to month and you start to say no it's you know it's uh, it's kind of scary i would say because that that was yeah, my definitely. experience as well when i when i said okay let, i'm not going to do any kind of employment from this point on i just and then i switched it was it was not the safest feeling that i had because there was there was the security that i was leaving out and yeah you were saying? Yeah, sure. Yeah, like, I mean, I completely, the, there is that element, but the other side of that coin is, you know, you you spend your life climbing up a ladder. And I see this all the time, not just in corporate law firms, but across the professional sector, people spend their whole lives climbing up a ladder and then they get to the top of the ladder and they don't seem to be very happy that they got to the top of that ladder. Like they seem to be looking at other ladders being like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if that was the thing that I was doing or whatever. And so the thing that I decided, which actually made me super confident to make the jump was that there's no point climbing up a ladder. If when you get to the top of it and you look yourself in the mirror, 10 years down the line, like you're not proud of the person that you're looking at, right. You, yeah. you want to be, 
proud of the person that you become and if you just do something that you don't like every day and you're just climbing up this thing collecting accolades and achievements that you don't actually care about you probably are not going to have the best self image of yourself simply because you're not in a, in a way the more i think about it you don't respect yourself do you like mm-hmm. you you don't respect yourself because you aren't doing either everything that you ca- you're capable of or you're not doing what you would like now as i say it's completely fine to sacrifice certain things in order and have a job in order to have a particular lifestyle like i'm not saying that it's for everyone but for the people who do wish for something else yeah then i guess you've got to ask the question is it like do you want to get to the top of the ladder of something which you don't want to do but the only other point i would make the only other point i'd make on it is i think a lot of people now because they know that all these other options exist they they think that they want to do something else but when they find out about what we have to do in order to you know as you say like you know when you have a salary it's coming at the end of the month Mm. no matter how hard you work on friday whether you work hard whether you actually do any work or whether you don't whether you whether you you take a lunch break or you don't like whether you work a weekend or not or you don't like it's just going to come whereas i don't think people realize when you go solo how like we're on or i know i am i'm on all the time especially at the beginning right maybe there'll be some point in time when i can delegate a bit more and do other things at this stage it's very much like on all of the time no breaks no holidays like i'm just going after it but the thing is i'm doing that because i want to do that but i i don't know if other people really want to do that they like the idea of not having a boss (laughs) but i don't know if they actually like the idea of actually being a boss and then having to do all the stuff yourself yeah 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 there when you're when you are your own boss there's a luxury to it and there's also a ton of responsibility that not many people actually realize like yes it's good it's good to be in command of in charge of your own time in charge of your own location and so forth but but it's like going back to the thing you said whether you work hard on on when you work hard you 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 get rewarded when you don't work hard it shows up in in your output in your in your results and being a being your own boss it gives you that complete unadulterated accountability and for, for some it's it's scary but for some it's it's exciting yeah exactly i, li- I like the way you describe that unadulterated what was it unadulterated unadulterated accountability accountability yeah yeah i think that's a perfect way to describe it because that either excites you or it terrifies you yeah and to me like that's everything that i want because i'm very very pro taking responsibility for everything like even if something's not in your wheelhouse or like even Mm. if something doesn't appear to be your fault like I'm of the opinion that you should be thinking of what you could have done in order even to minimize something. So when I was an English teacher in a secondary school, that's what I did before I was a lawyer. I taught in a very rough area of London and kids were very, very poorly behaved, but you would see that in some classes they were well behaved. 
So that shows you as an adult, as a teacher, and I was very young, I was a 22 year old teacher because I was, I was training and I started out as my first job after university. But it shows you that, look, this is possible. If, if they behave well for that person who might be more senior or whatever, whatever the reason they're behaving, it shows you that that's possible for you. Mm-hmm. So if, if they're not behaving for you, that means it's something that you are doing. Now, there are some teachers who don't want to accept that. They want to say, oh, it's the kid's fault. They're badly behaved. Their parents are no good. They have never been taught how to behave. They've just had lunch. They ate too many sweets. They drank this. They have got too much sugar. They like were jumping up and down. Like it's their, it's their fault. But that's not true. There is always things that you can do as a person to take control of the situation. And I think people are best served by, look, you might not be able to control every single thing, but at least asking the question, what could I have done better to take control? Yeah. Is, is I think, the, the, in order to properly take responsibility. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's an incredible point. Yeah. So you started, so you went on trading NFTs and then you also started your newsletter and you started your snapshot, which you're going to tell us about. So what was your why when you started the newsletter? Like, what was your, okay, I'm going to start writing a newsletter. What, what brought you to that realization? Two things. One was this trading thing isn't going to last forever. So I, I always had one eye on, okay, what can I actually produce that I am good at um, and that I can be consistent on and deliver value to other people? So that was one. It's like, okay, I'm a former lawyer, a former, former teacher. I can write really well. This makes sense. Let me do it for that reason. Number two, the other really important reason is that everything is broken in this space or very hard to understand. So it's useful to produce uh, content. And then kind of related to that is that I'm just a curious person. So I was just writing the things that I wanted to know. So back then the newsletters evolved over time, but my first few newsletters were much more educational in the sense that they would have been about, they would have been titled things like what is the blockchain and how does it work? Why are NFTs so valuable? Like where are my NFTs stored? And mm-hmm. um, what is a stable coin? These are just questions that I wanted to know the answer to. So I just decided that I'm going to go away and research and then write it. So I was just following my curiosity. So that was definitely the why at the beginning. And then it kind of evolved over time as I ran out of topics, as I'd learned more myself, it more turned into a publication, which was more that this is what's been going on in the NFT crypto space the last week. These are the key things you need to know about. Plus then there's like a little thought piece about something else that I think is particularly interesting, like a bit of a deep dive onto something. Okay. I think now you can respond to your boss, to your former boss about, you know, something, having something to read. <laughs> it will be your newsletter. Well, yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> I've actually I, I wrote it down that I said I, I, I it's on my to-do list I'm going to send it to us yeah <laughs> that's that's interesting so okay and so how did you come into little nouns the little nouns I think I think the cool thing about the nouns ecosystem slash little nouns is that it's a source of I mean a it's a it's a community but the, the main reason I think why people are attracted to the ecosystem is that, that this is a place where the headline is that they're attempting to fund cool stuff. So there was that message out there. And I think I discovered it via a friend and then discovering Prop House, which I thought was a really cool way to distribute funds. So I started looking on Prop House and just seeing like, okay, there's this DAO, this is how it works. They've got, they put these proposals out and they've got X amount of money to give to X number of people. Um, and just playing around there to see how it worked was very interesting to me. And so, yeah, I, I, I just saw that, look, okay, this seems to be like a reasonable, reasonably active place with a variety of DAOs trying to find people to do good work for them. And Lil Nouns was one of the most popular who had submitted the, I think the, if not the most props, then a, certainly a large number of props. So they seemed very active. So I thought this was a good one maybe to get involved with because they seem active. They seem to have some funds to do cool stuff with. So I wanted to jump in there and discover more. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite, so this was, I don't know, Six months early, earlier, six months prior. Would I'd say, say something like that, yeah. Because yeah. I I only got my first sponsorship for my newsletter in December 2022. So one year after I started writing, I wrote for free for a year, with no sponsors, no money coming in, and I got my first sponsorship in December. And then I think I discuss like I was looking around for other potential people to partner with and then I think it must have been maybe in January or so or February when I got my first sponsorship with Little Nouns so yeah so from the start of this year wow yeah it's been a long time it feels like a long time <laughs> yeah yeah all right can you tell us about your upcoming prop I remember it's a sponsorship thing, but I know there's a lot more to it. So tell us about that. Yeah, sure. So it's it's a proposal to make sure that Lil Nouns have a written media presence routinely out there in the world. Because I know that we used to have a newsletter that no longer is getting published and i thought that there's a gap for us to to create written content on a routine basis that goes into a newsletter which already has 1800 subscribers and these are people who are not from our universe right i think this is one of the key points about this proposal like yes it's a sponsorship but it's not in our own ecosystem because I've been around since early 2021 mm. and been involved in various other communities and just generally on Twitter, knowing a 
variety of different types of people, it should get the attention of a variety of people, which I think is really important to get new eyes onto the Lil Nas ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So that's the kind of, and I, I think also the reason why it's important is because people need content in order to proliferate. That's, that's why art is so important because people share it. We need written stuff so that people can share with other people so that the community can rally around the content and they can share it, they can use it to bring other people in because at the moment it's quite hard to know like what's the latest thing that has happened for example yeah so in essence the proposal is to for, for those reasons it would be three sponsorships per month out of four because my first major partnership is with chimpers they're quite successful nft project they sponsor one a newsletter per month this sponsorship would be for the other three weeks of each month to be sponsored by little nouns and it would be for six months because i think partnerships need time to to really Marinate. to really yeah exactly you, you need the more i think about advertising people don't especially in this market people don't just see something and go and click and buy it anymore like it's this is not the 2021 bull market where mm, true. i wake up in the morning and just like mint whatever someone's saying in the discord like People need to see that there's a long-standing reason and someone's not just shilling something to, to sell immediately. So I've proposed it for six months because I think a multi-month month deal is the best way to, for people to see that this is a longer-standing partnership which should be of interest to people. Yeah. Especially when it comes to visibility and being seen especially in a in an environment where projects that are considered blue chips are you know just falling apart it's very it's very difficult to earn people's trust at this point right even even if you disregard that it's a bear market we're seeing large projects just flat out failing right and people will not like you said people will not see this link or see this ad about little nouns and then just click it and just go ahead and ha make it happen or even join the community and i think there's a there's a lot of value in doing a multiple month or a longer term sponsorship in just grinding out the little nouns content i i do see your points and i hope i hope yeah. the community does as well and i hope it works out yeah, thanks, man. I think, yeah, I, I agree. I think that the, uh, you made the important point about trust. And I think I've probably built up a, a pretty good amount of goodwill and trust in the community more generally. I'm not a huge account on Twitter, for example, yet. I think I'm just about to pass 5,000 followers. But I get pretty decent engagement on these, on these snapshots every day. I've kind of been doing things in a pretty responsible way since I've since I've joined and I think that is the most important thing to do things in a trustworthy way where like the things that we'll write in these sponsored posts will not be 
this is like your ticket to loads of money by now. It's going to be more, look, here's some cool stuff that's been going on. Here's how it's worked for some people. Here's how it could work for you. If you also enter with the right intentions, with hard work and a bit of patience, because I think that's the story that that is the true story of little nouns It's not a one way ticket to, you know, draining the the funds. Exactly. It's a potential source of funding for good people who want to stick around, have a good proposal or a bit patient, willing to get to know people like that's what creates the good community. So I think that that trust is important. Exactly. Yeah, I hope it I hope it works out, man. I hope there's I hope the value you're providing is is visible and it's seen as such by the by the community all right so before we wrap up let's say there's someone who's on the fence about joining the space joining the web3 space or even trading nfts or looking at crypto and they're just thinking okay i'm not a builder or i'm not I don't have any specific skills. How do I join? What what do I need to know? And so forth. They're just on the fence and or they just want to know more. What would you what would you tell them with your experience? What would you like them to know? Well, I think the more I think there's a couple of questions in there. I think on one level, I think you have to be curious in this space to to achieve things because everything's so difficult like things don't work properly you've got to go a bit around the houses to get to the information that you need so if so i I think part in part of your question when you're saying you know someone's on the fence i don't think other people can push you over the fence i actually think that now i think if, if someone's on the fence they're not going to get over the fence unless they decide that they really want to do something. I think it's like an internal decision that people need to make for themselves. Cause you, you know, you see what happens. Well, the reason why so many people have disappeared is because they were all here for the money <laughs> at one point, then the money dries up and yeah. then they disappear. <laughs> so you can't even incentivize people with money, right? You have to, in, like people have to be genuinely curious enough to to want to be here and maybe even do stuff for no money for a period of time. Like I the first piece I wrote for someone, it was completely free because I didn't have any kind of brand equity behind me. People didn't know who I was, so I volunteered. And you've got to have to have that desire within you. Having said that, if someone is kind of a bit more interested and has already made that decision. I think, as I said before, the way to advance that is by doing, by buying and doing. So and it doesn't mean you have to go and buy the most expensive NFT in order to feel it or buy, buy a meme coin just so you can feel alive. Like it's just, yeah, you should buy a little bit of various things and just see how it feels, see how the market behaves you'll automatically pay more attention to it because you've got some skin in the game now. And yeah, take it from there. Buy and do, I think. Buy and do. I think that that very much relates to your experience as well, where you 
where you just went in, did your trading, and then you kind of let that evolve into a newsletter and sponsorships and so forth. So I think there's a there's a very important lesson there. Another another thing I would add is just following your interests. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Right? It's unless you follow your interests, you would be completely lost. For example, if you look at protocols or DeFi and so forth, you would think, okay, this space is not for someone who's not as technical as I am or someone who's not in finance as I am. And then you'd say, okay, let me just, let me move into another vertical or let me explore something else. But really, if you're interested in it, it's it's as simple as how you started with learning something, writing about what you've learned and distributing it and seeing where that goes. And I think that's that there's a lot to learn there also. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's absolutely crucial because if you don't do that, you'll just give up because you do, you won't like. Yeah, I yeah. completely, completely agree with that. All right. Thank you, Bicek. Thank you so much for, for your time. Thank you for thank you for being here and showing up and sharing your story and so forth. Thank you. Thanks very much, Brooke. Thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed this conversation. All right. Well, you've made it this far. Thank you for listening in. Make sure to check us out on littlenouns.wtf. That's L-I-L-N-O-U-N-S dot W-T-F. Thank <laughs> you.